This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app. Hey, good morning to you. It is time for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Jay White, and I'm here today with Wilkes Contrer, IT Director with Rankin County and IT Instructor at Holmes Community College. Everyday Tech is MPB Think Radio's show about consumer technology and your very own personal IT department, all wrapped up into one convenient package. Jeremy, who's out this week, can help you fix it, and Wilkes can help you keep it safe, and uh, they can do both well, so you're in good hands Either way, we want to hear from you this morning. Got any tech problems, issues, questions, things you're looking forward to, like maybe a new sleeve of Apple products that's being announced as we speak. Uh, do you have a, a story or experience where you want to check back in with us after trying to fix a problem that you talked about, uh, talked to us about? We'd love to hear back uh, from you. You can email us everydaytech at mpbonline.org. With that, Wilts, good morning. How's it going? How you been? What's been going on, man? Been busy, I know. Going pretty good. It's been a little while. I've been uh, I've been a little AWOL for us, so <laughs> kind of nice to be back. Well, uh, uh, your your AWOL status has been because you're an important guy to uh, to the <laughs> several people that you work for. So that's that's a good thing, right? Yeah, it is a good thing. You know, it's uh, it's fun. Now, I so, text I texted you this back morning just in time for the Apple announcement. So I was going to say I, I texted this. Awaiting. I texted you this morning. I was excited. It was a, it's a perfect day to have the Apple guy of our two experts be solo because we've got the big uh, uh, Apple announcement today. The iPhone 14 is uh, or the 14S and the line of iPhone 14 phones is uh, the, the biggest expected uh, announcement today. But also there's a whole lot more, including uh, Apple watches and some other things going on. Um, so where are you right now with, with your iPhone? I'm on an 11, so I'm way, way, way behind. Um, where are you in the, in the Apple phone universe? And, uh, Brother, I'm right there with you. There I'm you on go. 11 as well. <laughs> it's about time for us, I guess, is what I, I just put us on front street. Maybe it's time to move forward. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, as long as it can, uh, as long as it can still play my, you know, um, my Yahtzee with friends game and everything. I mean, Hey, it's, it's, it's doing just fine. It gets the job done. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, what I'm even more excited about on this one is I'm kind of curious about the watches because I'm still rolling a, uh, a much older Apple Watch. Hadn't really updated it, but with some of what I'm seeing coming out, some of the rumors, I'm like, hey, it might be time to go ahead and and move up a little bit. Well, I've seen uh, multiple reports, not reports, I should say more like opinion columns from tech writers and, and you know, the big websites that have kind of been urging Apple uh, or at least kind of walking into this event saying, hey, maybe it's time that Apple treated the watch for the first time, at least in terms of development and promotion. Maybe it's time they treated that one like the the first line product instead of the phones for the first time. Um, and that that's an interesting thing to think about that we might be to the point where Apple could possibly, uh, I guess, be, it might be advantageous for them, and I don't know for sure, I wonder your, your opinion, but it might be advantageous for them to switch their their primary priority from the phone over to the watch. Could it be, could we be that far into uh, how watches 
uh, are a part of our everyday lives, or smartwatches, I should say? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think so, especially with some of the sensors and, and different, you know, like, um, you know, hard monitors and things like that, because, you know, if, if we really sit back and think about it, okay, we're looking at the iPhone 14. What are some of the big things that they're talking about for the iPhone 14? Oh, well, the notch might go away. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the notch might go away. I don't know about you, the notch doesn't bother me that much. Um, it's going to get an improved processor. Well, yeah, we expect that. You know, I mean, we know they get a little bit slower. Our iPhone 11s aren't exactly the fastest in the world, but they're still running everything. And if you would have told me, I wouldn't even know the difference. Yeah. yeah. So and now I have a reason to be a malcontent. I didn't even know I had, so thanks. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but um, you know, so, I mean, really, it, it you know, what what's a, but more people are using, you know, the, the watch comes in, play for you know monitoring for exercise and like i said monitoring for heart and it's just you know the idea of them bringing out a ruggedized one i kind of like that idea you know because hey we're wearing them and i don't know about you but i mean i don't want to even though mine's an older one i sure don't want to smash the face on it and certainly and you know everything else so i mean really what's the next big 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 innovation with it i'm not really sure i don't see apple going to foldable screens anytime soon right um, they don't need I mean, to you know no i mean i think you know stick with what you're good at i think that's where it's, you know it's, it's almost like they sit there and say like with restaurants if you go into a restaurant that has got just too big of a menu what are they good at you know so you know, stick well, with you what know you're good at. It, yeah it's kind of like it's, with chick-fil-a if you're going to chick-fil-a what are you getting are you going to chick-fil-a for a hamburger no what do they do? They do chicken. Well, you know, I, I come from a sports background, and one of the mm-hmm. sayings that you always get in sports, I mean, we're, ju- we're just upon the dawn of football season, right? So one of the, uh, the, the old sayings to make you try to sound smart in sports is that if you have two quarterbacks, in other words, if you have a quarterback battle, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Now, that doesn't make sense mathematically, but I think if you haven't found one that you're picking between the two, that's not a good thing necessarily. It might be a problem. So I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah. So yesterday, um, it is. This is interesting. Huawei decided to try to get the jump a little bit on Apple, and they announced their Mate 50 series of phones yesterday. And I don't know how much traction Huawei or the Mate 50 series has in our audience. I'm sure there's a little bit of folks who don't want to be, who who have looked outside the box and will not be confined by the phones that you can buy at your local Walmart, right? Uh, but right. Huawei has announced the Mate 50 series, and this is interesting uh, for a couple of things. Number one, they they jumped Apple's big announcement by a day. Not that that means anything in the United States, I don't think, at all. But globally, it's the first phone that is offering satellite messaging. Um, and there are rumors that the next big feature, uh, big is probably not the right word, but the next future uh, addition to the iPhone, which could be part of their their 14 announcement today, is satellite messaging, and that basically means um, that as opposed to needing a a cellular signal to be able to message someone or or to be um, uh, in range to communicate with someone, basically you just need sky above you, which is just about everywhere, right? Uh, so that's an interesting thing. And a lot of people are talking about this is kind of Huawei's, 
you know, they gained a little bit of traction during the Trump administration. And then, you know, the Trump administration was really careful with how quickly this Chinese based technology company grew in the United States. And I understand that. I understand the the, the warning to keep them at arm's length because um, you never know like what their involvement is with their government. And that was always the Trump administration's excuse is we believe that they're connected to the government, the Chinese government, and they're using one another for data and, you know, potential um, espionage and things like that thing you got to call there. And so, um, but this is after being kind of blocked off by the Trump administration and, and their momentum in the uh, North American market basically being drawn to a, a standstill at that point, that this is their trying to claw to maintain some sort of market share outside of their local base by being the first to offer satellite messaging. Now, if Apple announces today, and by the way, their announcement uh, or their whole event starts at noon central time, um, and it is available to be watched on their YouTube channel, and uh, they have an events page on their website. There's plenty of ways you can find it. You could just Google it, and you can find 19 different websites. that will have every link you could ever want, including The Verge and, and Gadget and all that kind of stuff. But um, if Apple comes out today and announces that satellite messaging is part of their new rig, it basically completely undercut Huawei, and that, that thing may be completely over for them unless they're able to do the magic folding phone like you were talking about earlier, which is really the only thing that Apple has yet to try to wade into yet. Yeah, and I don't, you know, nothing that I've ever have been reading even leans me even a little bit toward Apple even looking into that. I think the bigger thing is going to be coming out of Apple and it won't be announced today. The next big thing is going to be their VR. Yeah. Um, You know, that'll, that'll be coming. Yeah, I kind of wonder with the satellite messaging, okay, what's the service going to cost? Who's actually, uh, right. you know, who's satellite? I'm surprised that we haven't heard something coming out. You know, who, who's partnering up with Starlink? That's exactly, that's, that's the first thing I thought as well. Yeah, like who's who's yeah. going to tag team with Elon on, on this one? Because now all of a sudden it's like, okay, now that becomes, uh, that becomes pretty, pretty potential because, you know, I know satellite phones pretty expensive. Absolutely. So, We've got some more to dig into today, including Ring, uh, and I'm I'm sad that Jeremy's not here today. He's under the weather, but uh, we have a story about Ring now bringing uh, end-to-end encryption to almost all of its devices. And this is kind of a this is written the story is written from a finally perspective, uh, and I, I would love to hear what Jeremy would have to say about that. And also, Sony's new PlayStation Fives, the ones that they're manufacturing currently, have been totally redesigned on the inside. To use less power, does that mean that they'll be more readily available to their actual market? This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jay White. I'm here today with Wilts Couture. Jeremy is out today. We thank you for listening. And you can email us, everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Sony's new PS5 has been totally redesigned on the inside and is going to use less power. Power, a revised PS5 model, started appearing in Australia last month. And uh, YouTuber Austin Evans took a look inside at the uh, uh, inside the machine, and he discovered a lot of changes. Sony's using a new, smaller motherboard for the PS5, different cooling, and has even changed the uh, the SSD enclosure. Uh, all of the changes add up to another weight reduction, but no obvious changes to the exterior. The real big change is the updated motherboard. It has uh, shrunk by around two inches, and the cooling for the PS5 is slightly different thanks to an additional heat pipe at the rear 
and a smaller heat sink. It's not the first time that there's been a, a redesigned cooling solution for the PS5. Sony shipped a revised model last year with a smaller heat sink. The new motherboard and heat sink on this 2022 PS5 now weighs around two and a half pounds, including, uh, according to Evans, the YouTuber, that's a pound lighter than the original design. Sony's also moved a lot of components around with the new motherboard design, and it means the uh, CMOS battery is now completely hidden away under the heat sink. It was exposed before, making it easy to switch out. But Evans claims you'll now have to completely disassemble the PS5 to replace the battery. Uh, the SSD enclosure is also changed in the new PS5 mode. It no longer has a PCB through the entire length and instead has exposed metal. It's not immediately clear why Sony's changed this particular part of the PS5 design, but Evans speculates it could be to improve heat dissipation. All these changes might add up to some real-world benefits for the PS5. Evans claims the new PS5 model pulls around 20 to 30 watts less during gaming while still delivering around the same amount of noise and heat output. Uh, according to Evans, Sony shrank almost everything, including the motherboard and the internal packaging, to make it lighter and almost certainly cheaper for them to make. The new PS5 model arrives just as Sony has hiked its PS5 prices outside of the U.S., and Sony is increasing its PS5 prices in the U.K., Europe, Japan, China, Australia, Mexico, and Canada, but not the U.S., interestingly. Why do you think they would do that? I mean, is there any, like, outside of the fact that, well, I was going to say outside of the fact that they can't supply demand, but that would be a reason to raise the price, I guess. Although, uh, I, I don't think the, the demand being past the supply is not because of the, uh, the, the, the popularity of the product as much as it is their inability to build them to scale on time. Uh, not that it couldn't be about the popularity of their product, but we just wouldn't know because they've never been able to match demand yet in the PS5's lifetime. But what do you think about this whole, again, for the second time, reimagining of all the uh, the, the guts of the PS5? Well, I mean, I think it's it's, you know, I see where they're trying to go with it. I mean, when it comes to those things, it, it's all about heat. And, you know, uh, they generate a ton of heat. If you've ever gotten near a, near a gaming PC or near a console, I mean, they can put a lot of heat out. Um, but it seems to me that what they, what they really should be doing is, is, again, looking at that supply chain. It's like, hey, it's great. You've redesigned it. You've done it again. Um, you still can't get it on the shelf. I have never seen a PS5. Right. Neither have I. I've never I seen not. one available to buy online. Like no, I've never I've seen, seen a buy here years button. Old and I've still not seen it. You know, right. Um, <laughs> I've never seen a clickable link. Xbox that I want. So, yeah, <clears throat> the cynical person in me is like, "Hey, you know, it's great you're redesigning it. Uh, why don't you get your original design out the door?" Yeah. Um, you know, um, but but then again, you know, it, especially in that particular world, it is about making it more efficient. Um, if they can reduce the power needed, that means it's going to generate less heat. And, you know, heat is really a danger to any of that. That's what's going to wear your components out. So, yeah. I mean, I, I see why they're doing it. I would just like to see them actually, you know, maybe maybe look at manufacturing a little bit more. And it could be the new design may help with that because right. if they are making it lighter. If they are, you know, it, it, it could change where they're needing to pull those parts from, where they're needing to get their supplies from. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that will shake out. But. Um, I think I think that's really the uh, the bigger thing. So the the PS4 uh, had an extremely long shelf life. I say had it technically still has. I mean it it is it is still 
you know, games are still produced for it. It's still widely marketed. It's not their number one uh, uh, rig. Of course, the PS5 is. But the fact that the PS4 had such a long shelf life as the primary uh, system uh, of gaming for Sony and the fact that this is a second redesign for the PS5, do you think that they're... That, that this means that we won't see the PS6, as it were, for a long, long time, that they're they're settling in for the long haul with the PS5? Well, if you can't get a PS5, how much, what do you think your chances would be of getting a PS6? <laughs> or even making it, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I guess I can't make them. Yeah, I mean, I can, for, I mean it's going to probably have a pretty long shelf life. I mean, um, they don't change those things nearly... As often as some people might would like. I mean, you even saw that with the Xbox One. Um, the Xbox One, you know, before they switched over to the to the new series, was um, it was getting a little long in the tooth, and they made some modifications and they updated. So the one, the Xbox One that you would have bought toward the end of the Xbox One days, was much different from your release model Xbox yeah. One. Um, you know, things such as improving the performance, taking out the uh, disc player. Adding in 4K, um, probably you know getting getting closer to all that. So, I think we'll see the same thing out of the out of the uh, PlayStation 5. But that remains to be seen because I've still not seen one. Right. So, <laughs> now talking about uh, getting heat away from your components as an IT guy. I know you guys like I imagine anyway. I don't know. I, I, I'm not an IT guy, but you have stacks and stacks of servers and stuff somewhere. If it's not virtual, how, how do you work? Especially working for a county. Um, I'm sure there are just gads of computers and hardware somewhere. How do you keep all that stuff cool? Well, luckily, virtualization has yeah. brought that down quite a bit. We don't have to nearly have as many just racks and racks and rows and rows of equipment. And that's one of the big advantages is that you're drawing less power, you're drawing less heat. Um, but, yeah, that stuff still um, – we can heat up a room really quick. Right. And, and <laughs> you know uh, – I mean, we try to keep it. As, it you know, it, it, the server room was always popular on those really, really hot days because it's about 68 degrees in there at about 50% humidity all the time. Right. Um, but, yeah, um, it really comes down to making sure everything can breathe. Uh, with all those computers also comes a whole bunch of cabling. You know, same problems that we'll see at the house. You know, somebody who has a desktop computer, Lord knows you got a big rat's nest spaghetti of, uh, oh, of yeah. cables back there. So if you really want to help everything run a little bit, a little bit smoother and get more life out of it, make sure it can breathe. Right. I, I still Tidy contend. I contend that there is a tangled cord fairy. This is a real thing. You can be as neat as you can possibly. You can even do like some of these people on Pinterest and and like like tack your wires up onto the wall, like in mm -hmm. a, an interesting schematic and make art out of it. Nah. Tangle Cord Fairy is going to get in there, yank all that off the wall. Now you got holes in your wall. And it's still going to be a map of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex behind whatever <laughs> you have that plugged into, buddy. You you thought, oh, you go, oh, okay, you're going to bring some wire ties in here? Nah, that's cool. Yeah. Now we're going to lock all this stuff in a map of DFW, pal, without the express lane. Ain't no express lane here. You got to untangle all of this. I'm convinced that's a real thing. No matter how neat you try to set all those wires behind something, give it about, I don't know. 35 minutes and it's going to be a ball of cords back there cords and plugs and everything else i don't know if, if it works like that for everybody else but for me no matter how neat i try to keep that it gets it's terrible inside of 30 minutes 
Well, one thing that's your friend, Velcro. Velcro is your friend. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, big believer in Velcro straps. They're much easier. Uh, yes. To to realign. And, you know, one of the big problems, it's kind of crazy. We still have so many wires back there. And what have we done? We've moved to wireless. I have a wireless keyboard, a wireless mouse. We have wireless network. And we still got a ton of cables coming out of the back. So, and the ones that they'll ship, you know, they'll ship you a power power cord that's, you know, six, eight feet long. Uh, and usually you've got to go about a foot or two to get to your power strip. Man. Yes. So let me tell you um, something. I, this is, <laughs> this is a struggle bus that I'm on currently. So back in the day, I used to be the huge proponent of this 10 foot charging cable, right? The 10, why mm-hmm. do you need 10 feet? I don't know, but I had it and all of them. And I have oh, one I, now, and holy cow, dude, it's like it's a skit on the Bozo show with Bozo and Cookie, you know, ju- like jump roping over this cable. This There's so much cable. And when you're in a car, if you have anything, this cable gets tied around it. It's, it's the Tangled Cord Fairy. It, it doesn't just work behind televisions. It sees your stupid 10-foot charging cable that you have, Jay, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to knot that thing up 50 times over oh, yeah. inside of your car. For sure. Now, in the car, I actually buy, I, I usually get a shorter one. I get a three footer for in the car, which is about as short as I found that I really kind of like. Yeah. Uh, at the house, I'm still a 10 foot, 10 foot charger cable kind of person because you never know where your outlet's at trying to get to you and, yeah. you know, making sure, you know, I mean, I'm like envisioning it now. My, my wife has a 10 foot cable under hers because to get to the outlet from, you know, from her chair over to the outlet, it's, it's just enough to where she can still handily use the uh, phone. But oh, yeah, you know, uh, and again, what does the default come with? I think uh, not even a six. I think it's a three and a half foot that it usually comes with. Yeah. And I try to use the same in the car. But yeah, I've seen that too. It's like, man, you put too many of those in, in close to each other. It's like, okay, where does it start? Where does it stop? What's going on? <laughs> well, it just tangles up into a ball somehow or another. And you're like, holy cow. How long is yeah, 10 like, feet? How do you get 17 knots in this cable? I yeah. have no idea. Going to talk about YouTube TV. Could be uh, adding a mosaic mode for watching multiple live streams simultaneously. So if you've been a subscriber to, let's say, like the NFL Network or Major League MLB.tv, MOB.TV, I guess what they call it, um, then you know what mosaic mode is because they've had that where all the games are up at one time and you've got like a full screen of all the different games going on and you can pick one. Well, now it looks like YouTube TV is going to add mosaic mode to see multiple streaming channels live at one time to pick what you want to watch. So we got that and plenty more to talk about, including it's uh, it's Apple announcement day. They're about 90 minutes from their big announcement. What is expected to be the iPhone 14S round and a new uh, Apple Watch round of uh, our new round of Apple Watches as well in their announcement. That's coming up at noon central time. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Wilts Cotrera, I'm Jay White. Jerry Thompson is out this week. Looking forward to having him back on the show next week. You can email us, everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Hey, Jeremy, YouTube, excuse me, Wilts, YouTube TV could get a mosaic mode, as I mentioned, for watching multiple live streams simultaneously. Uh, and Gadget calls it uh, Google making a play for sports fans. We talked a lot about Apple this morning. Here's Google's YouTube TV service trying to make their uh, their user interface more uh, conducive to watching sports. According to protocol, the company is developing a feature called Mosaic Mode that would allow subscribers to stream up to four live feeds simultaneously. Google reportedly discussed the feature during an event the company held uh, in July. 
uh, for manufacturing partners. Mosaic Mode is one of a few new updates Google's working on across the YouTube portfolio. Protocol reports that smart TV owners can expect an improved YouTube music experience in the coming months, as well as a better Nest audio integration. That's interesting. Oh, and if you're used to the YouTube app for TVs as a refuge from shorts, (laughs) don't expect that to last. (laughs) Oh, boy. Google reportedly told its partners it was working on bringing support for the video format to the YouTube smart TV app. Google did not immediately respond to Engadget's request for comment. Did I hear you uh, giggle a little bit at the uh, YouTube shorts comment there? Yeah, just a little bit. (laughs) That is a thing, isn't it? (laughs) Allowing subscribers to watch four streams simultaneously would be logical, uh, a logical extension for Google's recent partnership with the NBA and other investments the company has made to make YouTube TV more compelling to cord cutters. Uh, so that that is interesting that now you get a, a mosaic mode for YouTube TV. I do think that this was an interesting um, Uh, This paragraph right here is interesting to me. Mosaic Mode is one of a few new features Google is working on across its YouTube portfolio. Uh, Protocol reports that smart TV owners can expect an improved YouTube music experience. Now, that's important to me. I'm a music streamer. Uh, I currently am... uh, Now, this is how much of a dork I am with this, Wiltz. I am currently a premium subscriber to both YouTube Music and Spotify. And have been for a long time because I'm kind of, I, I basically, I, I kind of track how the two work versus one another because having cloud access to music and playlists is, is super important to my career. So, and like currently right now, even though I have a premium Spotify family account, so Spotify is getting the maximum money from your boy that they can per month. Same. I cannot currently log into my Spotify account. This is a problem that I'm working on in real time. Right. Every email address and the link to Facebook tells me no go, Captain. Now I can log in through my, or I can get our iPad, my family's iPad which is logged into my wife's account, I could log into her account, which is under my account in our family plan, and look at my account. I can look at all my playlists. I can download, like, and share my playlists, but I just can't log into my own account. And Spotify... Well, Spotify and its bajillion to users, uh, you know, I I get that they don't want to just have a platform where you can grab a live person and talk to them immediately. So they, they have a, a, a wall filled with mazes to get to live people. But I imagine what will get me to a live person is when I cancel my subscription, which is the next step. Because I also usually inspiring, right? Because I also have a premium YouTube music. Now, part of what I have that this was a whole bundle with a uh, YouTube premium, which I will pay for for forever. It's the best money I spend entertainment wise each month to not look at those ads and all that junk. Uh, but it is, uh, it's kind of bundled in with that. And I also had YouTube TV for a long time. Don't have that anymore. But um, yeah, um, that YouTube music experience. And I was, I was a huge, I, I had nothing to do with Spotify for years while Google Play Music was the thing. But then, as you recall, about two years ago, they did away with Google Music Play so they can rebrand it as YouTube. And the UI in YouTube Music is 
terrible. It's the worst. It was so far of a step backward from Google Music Play, Google Play Music, whatever. I always got that backward. I would love to hear from somebody who shares this frustration with me about streaming. Spotify is not great. Uh, The UI is better than YouTube Music for for sure. It's been getting better. It is somewhat better. They do offer more features. The, The interfacing with Facebook is awesome. Also, the fact that you can connect through your your, uh, your Google um, uh, your Google account is very good. That's also a useful thing. I would probably sit with YouTube Music, but the interface is terrible. the The reason I am subscribed to both, to be honest with you, is that Spotify, for all of its really good things that it does. And the amount of music that it has and uh, for all of that, it does not have like cloud local music uploading. Yeah. And that's like that is that's a killer, man. How does it not have that? And, but it, you can't like, let's say, for instance, you can upload your music to your Spotify account on your phone, but it's not cloud. It's just on that device. Right, so just local. Yeah, and I don't like I don't that doesn't even why even have that if it if you're not going to allow it to be cloud based I don't I almost don't understand why you would even implement that at all. Anyway, so that's still the saving grace for YouTube Music for me personally, but I don't know this for YouTube Music getting a new UI and the and the YouTube app for televisions getting better. That's always been super clunky. Of course, my smart television is about seven years old, so anything that's not streamed in from something else is pretty clunky on that television so but i'm excited about what could be the future for uh i guess a a, a better user interface all the way around because if one changes the other is going to work to get better so maybe this is the two mainstreaming players pushing each other to get better although in my opinion wilts they're both still chasing the ui that uh not who was it um not Napster, but the uh, Rhapsody, the f- the first music streaming subscribing service, Rhapsody. They're still chasing Rhapsody's UI, in my opinion. And that's been 15 years ago when they came out with that. But you know, you that. think as popular as it is, that there'd actually be some developers sitting there going, okay, how do we make this more user-friendly? And right. it's really kind of surprising to me. I mean, I get along fine with the Spotify. I mean, I'm, I'm a Spotify family user as well. And, you know, uh, same frustration I have, you know, some music that I can't upload to it. and But, but I mean, come on. Who out there just about doesn't, you know, there's so many people who are interacting with these streaming music services. You would really think there'd be a lot of effort going into making that UI just, you know, yeah, tip top. And it just seems, you know, it's almost like, um, almost in a way like we were talking about before with the, uh, with Apple. It's like, okay, you're concentrating so much on product A, you've kind of left product B over here to the side. It's like, okay, well, you know, you've got product A, and YouTube TV is is pretty smooth. That yeah, you got to add some extra features, you know, mosaic, especially for the sports folks. I mean, that's going to be huge. But hey, don't don't forget your boy over here too. Yeah, and just thinking about it, that mosaic thing, uh, like for election nights, will probably be super awesome too. You have you know three, four different networks and their coverage all up at one time. That'd be pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, that user interface that that's a big deal. Hopefully, uh, that'll get cleaned up, you know, very soon. 
Here's an Android Auto update. It might stop your phone from connecting to your car. The Android uh, Auto 7.8.6 update has caused issues on Samsung and OnePlus phones. It seems a thread on Google support forum via 9to5Google, which is an awesome website if you're a Google guy. There's also a 9to5 Apple one as well, just as good. That began on August 12th, so it's been around for a little while. It explains an issue that stops Android Auto from working. The first report comes from a user who connects their phone to the car with a USB cable. It says to update the Android Auto app, but the app closes when the button is pressed, and it asks them to reconnect Android Auto. So far, there hasn't been a fix for the problem. The report is followed by over 130 other replies, with some appearing as soon as the last 24 hours, so it is an ongoing issue. Uh, And some see error messages such as, Android Auto is not responding, while others are faced with just a blank screen. This is another thing, right? So this is another, like, burgeoning platform for all the major technology players, Wilts. And so, like, this is a thing I noticed. And I mentioned something to somebody that works here with me, and they were like, there's no way that this is a thing. But, I, of course, I have uh, Apple Play, right, for the Apple CarPlay. CarPlay, yep. And... Uh, where I am updated to and where my CarPlay is updated to, when I get in my wife's car, it's the one that has the CarPlay. Mine's too old for this mess. It, when it connects to the car, like, the, like it in certain modes, like it pulls power from my car. Like the battery feels like it's struggling. And I told somebody this. And sometimes it's happening, it's happening while you're in drive. And I told somebody this, and they're like, no, dude, that's not possible. Like why is your phone going to be pulling power off your engine? And and then I went and started it up and and showed him. And it's funny because, like, it's depending on what certain modes you're in in your car. So, like, trying to open a certain app, like, um, I forget what the podcast player that I use while I'm in Apple CarPlay. But when I would open that, while it is opening it, man, it sucks all the power from everything, it feels like. And what? Yeah. Okay, this is kind of crazy. And the horsepower from the car, like almost, I mean, it still moves along, but it feels like it pulls like a bunch of the horsepower from the car. But when it's once it gets through starting up or if I exit out of it, it goes away instantly. And so it's not like I'm not mistaking it as as something else in the car, like two mechanisms trying to battle for some power. It is something directly tied to that Bluetooth connecting to the car and pulling power off the battery. I'm t- or the alternator, one or the other. So this could be like, like a f- this could be a fix it, a autocorrect, and an everyday tech thing all in one right here. It is the wildest thing. I, maybe I should do an update. Probably should for the safety of all involved. But that was a crazy thing that did happen to me. By the way, that's yeah. I've um, I was this many years old when I heard this for the first time too. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Um, so that you know, maybe you have some you know. Do you have like a, a Turbo Boost app on your phone that you know you're trying to inject some? You know, hey, maybe you will need this new phone to get you know updated processors. You can get more horsepower out of your car. <laughs> so, Man, if add you to your passing gear, if you haven't trademarked that idea, <laughs> copyrighted it or okay. something, whatever you need to do, <laughs> you might need to. Absolutely, yeah. using use cellular cellular signal for. For horsepower and cars? I mean, how have we not thought of that already? I don't even know if that would work, but I think you just thought about it. So watch your back. Somebody's going to be coming for that technology very soon for you. With Wilts, I'm Jay. Jeremy is out this week. He's under the weather. We're looking forward to having him back again next week. Love to hear from you this morning. The new Apple 
round of phones, the 14S and the new Apple Watches, are expected to be announced today as part of the, the big Apple announcement of new phones, an event that happens each September. Theirs is happening today, starting up at about 12 central time. So they got about uh, an hour and about 15 minutes before they get started with that. And we can do a little recap of what they expect to be announcing today. We'll take your questions, your comments, your calls, and problems and issues, and what you're looking forward to, and if you're excited about what the new iPhone may offer you as well. Email us, everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Let's get right into the phones. We've got James from Jackson who's calling in with a similar story about the Android and car situation. James, good morning. What's going on? Good morning. Um, well, it, it didn't have anything to deal with the Android system. It was my uh, 2016 Nissan Versa that I had. When I would roll all four of my windows up at the same time, I would lose horsepower. And Ooh. I always wondered why the electronics would do anything like that. Like sometimes my car would miss if I was in park and I rolled up all four of my windows. Like not miss, but definitely lose power. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is interesting. Have you? Are you on the? I no la- longer have that vehicle. Oh, okay. I was I was wondering if you were on the latest update of everything and if that changed it. I I gotta try to what I gotta try to do for the sake of this here radio program is take a video of it happening. <laughs> Put it on our Facebook page or something. But I gotta cool. I gotta catch it in action uh, because they're more like us, right? Spread the word, people people will start coming out of the woodwork, <laughs> right? All right, James. Anything else on your mind today? Uh, no, that's it. I love your show. First time caller. Uh, keep up the good work. Well, thank you so much. Uh, from Jackson, Mississippi. All right. We appreciate it. Thanks for calling in, James. And uh, All right. oh, oh, one thing. Uh-huh. Uh, if you can, send water to Jackson, Mississippi. You know we're in a crisis. So Absolutely. Anybody that can, uh, cases of water are much needed. You can just send them straight to the Jackson uh, uh, courthouse. Absolutely. So, all that's available online. Thank you so much. James, absolutely. Thanks for mentioning that, too. I really do appreciate that. And, yes, if uh, if you can at all, help that city of Jackson. That's where I'm from. So that's my hometown. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, do everything you can to help the city there. Uh, so, yeah, that's more than one person at least. But that is interesting. I wonder if if anybody else has had that happen and they wondered about it, but maybe it just slipped their mind and or they didn't think much about it. I don't know when it happened to me. I, it it happened to such a degree, and I'm wondering if if this was the case with James also. Like the the lack and loss of power was to such a degree that I was like, oh, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> so that's why it was such a big deal to me. So I don't know. You it, might need to check your flux capacitor. I know, right? Yeah, you got to up your gigawatts, man. Those are rookie gigawatts. <laughs> This is just, I mean, I'm like trying to Google online to see if other people are seeing this. And, and here's the thing. Um, you're not alone. I've just never heard of that. That's it's pretty wild. All right. Now, here's uh, something we talked about at the very, very beginning of the show. Ring is offering now end-to-end encryption of video and audio on its battery-powered video doorbells and security cameras over a year after it added the option to its hardwired plug-in devices. End-to-end encryption lets users of the company's video cameras keep their footage locked down, making it accessible only to their enrolled iOS or Android devices. Separately, Ring's also making it easier to save recorded videos when an owner sells or disposes of a Ring advice, uh, device. With end-to-end encryption enabled, no one but the camera's owner can access recorded footage, 
Even if law enforcement asked Ring or its parent company, Amazon, for the video, they couldn't provide it. Only the enrolled mobile device can unlock the video. By default, Ring encrypts video and audio recordings when they're uploaded to the cloud and while stored on Ring's servers. End-to-end encryption ups the levels of security, giving only the device owner access and control of their footage on one designated device and with a passphrase, only they have. When Ring first previewed video end-to-end encryption in January of 2021, the Ring Pro 2 and the Ring Elite were the only video doorbells it worked on, leaving its most popular battery-powered devices, such as the Ring 4, the Ring Video Doorbell, uh, out of that privacy party. It was also an option on all of its wired and plug-in cameras, including the Ring Floodlight Cam, but not on the battery-powered options, such as the Ring Stick-Up Cam. Now, end-to-end encryption is available on all Ring's currently sold cameras and doorbells, with the only exception being the Ring Video Doorbell Wired, its lowest-priced buzzer. Ring has a guide on its website with instructions for enrolling. Uh, So outside of maybe the obvious, really basic 30,000-foot sentence that explains what's going on here, why is end-to-end encryption a thing that might be important to a a Ring Cam user as opposed to what the security they were offering before was? Well, end-to-end encryption on pretty much anything you're digitally connecting nowadays should be something important people should look for. And that is because what they're meaning is as that data is being transferred, for example, from your house to their servers, if it's not encrypted, anyone can intercept it. And people are like, oh, well, you know, who really cares about the, uh, the, you know, delivery of my packages at my front door? But, you know, it's just that how much information is going in front of it. And if you're not encrypting it, anybody can see it. And people are intercepting it. And it goes out there onto the wild. And, you know, um, it's just... I always it kind of always makes me cringe. People are like, "Well, I'm not doing anything secret, so what's the big deal?" Well, you know, um, it is kind of a big deal to make sure that your information is secure and that people aren't getting a hold of it and using it. And, but I mean, a, I mean, a, I a lack know, of I'm encryption like, my, my that allows flooding with the whole thing right now. But yeah. a lack of encryption in, allows in a door. Good. It's like a cracked door that somebody can get in and then get to other stuff, right? Essentially, well, exactly. Yeah, once you once they get through that and get onto your network, they have they can get to everything else. And you know, it's just like why are so many people you know concern, you know the the whole conversation about iMessage and regular texting and like WhatsApp and some of these others. What's the big deal? Oh, they're encrypting it. Why are they encrypting it for privacy? Yeah, because you know, and and the same thing. So shouldn't we also be encrypting the video that's around your house and protect you know that could be protecting your family or something else? Other people don't need to be seeing that. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, then all of a sudden, you know, let's not underestimate what, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, criminals aren't going to, you know, nobody's targeting my house. Well, they might be. Oh, they're not going to be smart enough to be able to do that. Oh, yeah, they are, because it doesn't really take somebody being some, you know, PhD level computer scientist here. There are tools and programs readily available online most of the time for free that people can just click a couple of buttons. Yeah. And intercepts. So uh, it really is that important. Man, there there are entirely more black hats out there than anyone can imagine. Oh, yeah. And I, I try to tell people a lot. Um, one of my side gigs is, is sponsored by a company that that provides 
um, I guess, protection, IT protection for businesses. Uh, and, and it's like we've talked about on, on this very show. Man, if I'm working at the Yazoo County School District, I'm thinking I'm just about the last place on earth to get held up for ransomware, right? And sure enough, what did we talk about? Was it like a couple of years ago, 300,000? The Yazoo County School District got yep. held up for in ransomware. Man, when you think you are far enough down to be under the radar, man, that's that's exactly when you are on the radar. And I mean, it's just, people just don't understand that. Well, you know, and people, you know, it's really easy when, you, you know, just even from a business standpoint, everyone's like, oh, yeah, you know, your uh, your accounting department, your CFO, your, your, you know, the bosses or the IT department, they're going to be the heavy, heavy target. No, they're not. Because those particular departments are usually, you know, there's usually a lot of communications going on and you're doing a lot of, you know, hey, think before you click, et cetera. The, the bigger threat is just your general run-of-the-mill rank and file. It could be an intern. It could be just pretty much anyone. This, this There's a mistaken thought of, well, I'm not important enough to be a target. Yes, you are. Yeah. Everyone is important enough to be a target because even if they're not specifically targeting you, you are, you know, they talk about the whole seven degrees of separation and the Kevin Bacon thing and everything else. You could just be a stepping stone to get to someone else that, you know, that is a bigger yeah. target. But yes, everyone is a target. Well, you just got to, I mean, you got to, you got to think about it in reverse. When you think you're not the target and when they know that you might think that you're under the radar or not the target, that's their, that's the end. You're the person they oh, yeah. want to hit. And that's just, that's not what people would normally think. Hey, by the way, the Apple event today. And if you want to go to the Apple website to buy an iPhone right now, uh-uh, ain't happening. The store is down, pal. It's down because they're updating it for all the new stuff, and they want you to watch their event, which is coming up in about an hour. It's coming up at noon Central Time. You can hey, watch once, that. Once, once the new stuff comes out, the old stuff gets a little bit of a discount, too. So there you go. There's, Might be there's time. to be had. Might be time for us to finally step up from the 11 exactly. welts. Apple.com forward slash Apple dash events. There will be a link. And you can even add it to your Apple calendar from the website. Oh, how cute. That'll do it for us today. Thanks, Wilts, as always. Thanks to Kevin Farrell for screening calls, for Jermaine Flood for engineering our show today. Miss Jeremy, we'll have him back in next week. And for Wilts, I'm Jay. Thanks so much for listening to Everyday Tech right here on Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.